What's the best thing to do when you're going through a bad breakup? How about get an allotment, develop a love of gardening, and find yourself an entirely new career? Well, it worked for Tom Leonard. In a matter of months, he went from knowing nothing about plants to professional garden design and appearing at Chelsea Flower Show as his alter ego, Daisy Desire, also known as the Drag Queen Gardener. Ultimately, a garden... It, the look of it is only a percentage. It's how it makes you feel. It's what you connect with. So rather than just you know going in and planting in 500 hydrangeas, what actually do you enjoy as someone, whether you're into gardening or not, what would that client really enjoy and what would they feel they connect with in that garden? I'm Chris from Canopy and Stars, and this is A Life More Wild. Join Tom now for a sunny stroll around Birmingham Botanical Gardens, where he learned his trade, saw how beneficial gardening can be for mental health, and worked out that one single thing without which a garden isn't really a garden at all. So currently we are in the subtropical house of Birmingham Botanical Gardens and as you can hear there is a gorgeous little water feature right behind us. And there's some amazing kind of banana trees and some vanilla pod plants and it's just, it's just amazing to be here. I, I find these kind of areas so interesting because you've almost got, obviously there's places like Kew Gardens and stuff like that, but ultimately, you know, we need more places like this that are in, you know, different areas like Birmingham and, you know, like Manchester and Bristol and places because it allows you to understand plants on a different level because creating a space like this, it's just, it's just amazing to see because you can get plants from so many different countries and cultures and ultimately, it just, it widens your horizons on a horticultural level. So, um, one thing that we've just spotted, um, just outside the green, uh, outside the glass house, is that there's a wedding happening. I think that's so cute. Because basically, it's like, it's such a beautiful place to be at that, you know, someone's having their wedding here. Do you know what I mean? It's like, looking out of this glass house, you've got this amazing kind of landscape of like, different varieties of like, planting trees and you've got a wedding happening just outside us and then you've got behind that you've just got loads of people having picnics on on the grounds and I just think isn't that just beautiful like this space is being used for so many different things other than gardening which is just it's just amazing it, it really shows how like these these sorts of places are so important and and so vital to us you know again it's so much more than just plants Outside the subtropical house, there are some amazing little flower beds that go all along all these amazing greenhouses. And what I find really interesting about some of these flower beds is that they've kind of brought the outside inside. I mean, that's why I also love gardens, because 
how do I put this? Do you know how people always kind of say that gardens, you should, you should treat them like a holiday? I completely think that is so wrong. I think a garden is an extension of your home and it's almost like you bringing the outside inside and also vice versa that you bring in the inside outside. So what I really love about how they've planted this cosmos is they've got these amazing vibrant pinks and deep purples which really actually complement all the plants that are going on in the glass house so it's almost like a nice kind of matching symphony going on there. We're looking out upon this huge kind of green lawn that like it, it, it's just so lovely to see because there's so many people here having picnics and having little family days out. I mean, nothing beats kind of having a cider in the sun, is there? Surrounded by some great plants. So how I kind of got into gardening was probably a bit different from most people. Um, about five years ago, I was working in the Birmingham City Centre and I was having to catch the train into town to, you know, go to work. And on that train ride, I used to pass these allotments and I just was really, really intrigued to what was going on and, and thought this was such a cool idea of people um, kind of, you know, renting this little space of land. And I basically, to cut a long story short, I basically got dumped, got very drunk that night, woke up the next day and kind of think, you know, oh, my life is over, what am I going to do? You know, the world is still turning and mine is still. And I just thought to myself, well, why don't I go get myself an allotment? And that's literally how my gardening journey started. I got an allotment and I killed everything in that first year, other than one marrow. And I don't even like marrows. But one thing that I realised is from getting so much wrong and making so many mistakes, I learned so much. Like, for instance, with the marrow situation, I always kind of say to new gardeners, if you're going to grow something that you're going to eat, if you're going to eat it, if you're going to grow produce, grow something that you want to eat, grow something that you enjoy. Because ultimately, why, what I realised was, why would I grow a marrow when I didn't even want to eat it in the first place? So, yeah, I always recommend, if, whether it's salads, radishes, pumpkins, strawberries, whatever tickles your fancy, grow what you enjoy. Because that, that is the start of your inspiration. In my opinion, I don't think there's anything, there's no such thing as a bad gardener. I think, honestly, it's, it's just about trying. I think for you to be a good gardener, you have to have the qualities of just being nurturing, being sympath sympathetic, if I can say that correctly, and, um, well, just being open to learn, because ultimately, no one starts off knowing everything and I think that's what I've tried to kind of do in my career as the kind of presenting side of it of you know being the drag queen gardener is to take away that intimidation of gardening because I ultimately feel people are when when you're not in gardening or when you haven't already started it but you're interested in it you it can be intimidating because people feel like you know there's already so many people out there that know so much and if I don't know everything then I'm, I'm scared to learn, I'm scared to get involved, but in my job, if you can see, you know, a 26-year-old young guy, obviously, who's also a drag queen, it, who works as a gardener, it might kind of take away that intimidation, just show, you know, not all of us have to be some big horticultural experts. All you just need is just some inspiration and, you know, just give it a go.
So right now we are going through, I don't think this has a formal name, but it's, I call it the rhododendron pathway because it is a pathway filled with uh, rhododendrons and azaleas that just go meters up into the air. I mean, I'm six foot three, but these things are like skyscrapers towering above you. And it is just bursting with huge varieties of color. And it just gives you so much inspiration. I mean, so rhododendrons and azaleas are from the same family and they are acid loving plants. So this garden has really had to nurture um, the ground to make it more acidic. Um, a good way to do this, by the way, is either some peat-free ericaceous soil or if you've got some conifers in the area and when they've dropped all their kind of pines and stuff like that, gather them all up, put them in a bin bag and just pop them in the shed really or in a dark kind of place for about six months and that kind of gives you a natural acidic mulch that you can pop around your, um, your plants. One error that I do find um, that people do with their gardens is they put a rhododendron straight into a flower bed and they haven't actually tested the soil for you know for the pH levels to see how acidic it is so it won't do well in alkaline soil it does need acid in, the, in that soil but yeah oh my god did you see that amazing butterfly that is absolutely gorgeous I mean it's about the size of your hand it was this gorgeous kind of deep blue butterfly it's, it's still coming isn't it with these kind of like tiger, like, like leopard print patterns, wasn't it? it, it that, that was amazing. So the kind of like the drag stuff came along, um, well, no, after the gardening. And um, basically I kind of just did it for a laugh, really. I mean, we were in the, we were in lockdown and stuff and I just thought I had this gardening Instagram before it changed to the drag queen gardener um I, I just thought it would be funny if um all the other gardeners and people on Instagram just saw like a gardener who's also a drag queen in full drag at like the garden centre and on the allotment having like Vogue style photo shoots just to have a mess around I mean it was just you know to make people laugh in what was quite a difficult time and yeah, I posted that on Instagram and I didn't realize that that would blow up. I think it's because I feel like in the kind of gardening industry and in that kind of things, there is still this kind of perception of, you know, this kind of old school gardener and stuff, you know, teaching around on either on an estate or on an allotment and stuff, but also making it a safe space for everyone. I mean, even when it comes down to being a woman, like it's sometimes it has in the past been looked down upon and it's been harder for women to get in or be taken seriously in horticulture. And I kind of just feel like, well, a six foot three raving drag queen kind of hopefully knocks down some of those boundaries as well and just, it just opens up and even, evens up the playing field, I guess. Sometimes, you know, we, we go through life and we do have moments where we are struggling to kind of nurture ourselves in a good way and, you know, probably look after ourselves. I mean, we've all been there and we'll all go through those moments. But what I'd recommend is just go nurture a plant instead. If you're struggling to kind of get in, out of bed or stuff, you know, water your house plants, go out into the garden, do a bit of weeding. Because ultimately, by the time you go back to being in a good headspace and you're back to nurturing yourself. You'll look out into your garden and see all these amazing plants that, you know, that are in bloom that you've looked after. 
when you know things come into bloom or when something you know really surprises you or when your plant is doing well it just fills you with fills you with like so much pride and joy because you you know you haven't spent you know days on end but you've spent moments actually caring for something and when that thing kind of does the thing it's you know when that plant does what it's supposed to it it just only someone who's you know done that with you know with plants before really understands but it just fills you with so much joy because I kind of think you know you don't look after your house plants hoping that they will die and you don't prune a rose hoping that it won't bloom even better the following year or you know put a seed in the ground hoping that it won't germinate and I kind of just think that you know gardening no matter what you're doing is you actively participating in hope and another thing that I absolutely love about it is you can't multitask when you're gardening. You can't rake and sow seeds at the same time. And we're never really giving ourselves time to process things anymore. When my hands are covered in mud and I'm digging around, I can't pick up my phone and, and do stuff. And I kind of think that when you're gardening, because you can't multitask, you are concentrating on that one task in hand. I think we can get him through that side, but... One thing that wouldn't surprise me if you found at Birmingham Botanical Gardens is actually peacocks. So they naturally have a peacock that like roams around, or a couple of them, because I remember when I was training here, I used to be eating my sandwiches, and I don't know if you're allowed to feed them, but I used to take off bits of my bread from my sandwich and just throw it to them. But they're, they're lovely. Sometimes they can attack some of the plants, but... Um, it's their home as well. You can't really fight with nature, can you? <laughs> also, where we are at right now is in front of this huge aviary where they have some amazing kind of like birds, like parrots and stuff. But in front of it are these great kind of almost estate-like um, rose gardens and all these amazing rose beds. And it was really interesting when I was training here because to look after roses, you know, how to kind of prune them and how to look after them was very much part of the course and it's it's great because having a place like this really allowed me to develop as a gardener because I mean when I first started gardening I was like I have no idea how to even prune a rose I know there's like a way of doing it I know there's a way of cutting it and ultimately like being here was really really useful because now when I go into other people's gardens because most people you know with big gardens they generally do have roses and it's really interesting and I never like it what like what I can see in front of me is just it's just it's just beautiful I absolutely love roses and I always say to people like you should always stop and smell them and they smell amazing it's just so floral and fragrant and I think that's just amazing if you have if you've got like a dining table or near your seating area always plant things that have like a good scent so whether it is like a rose you know with a high scent or a salvia or something like that because you want to kind of think about all three cents, all three, all five senses. <laughs> I didn't realize I were three senses. All five senses when you're gardening as well, because ultimately things can look nice, they can smell nice. Think about touch, so putting things like um, something like a lamb's ear or maybe like an ornamental grass and um, taste as well. I mean, growing your own food and also like herbs and stuff. Herbs are really easy to grow. I, um, so I looked after a client, um, I redid her garden and she was partially sighted with the possible chance of her actually losing her sight fully. So what I did was surround like the kind of perimeter 
of um, the kind of patio part of her garden with loads of high fragrant um, plants because I knew that if there were to become a time in the future where she would fully lose her sight, she'd know where the plants are just from the scent. And I just think that's, that's just lovely as well because ultimately you're not just seeing a beautiful garden, it, it smells amazing too. And I think we've got to remember that side because ultimately, you know, when people go to like the garden centre or grow their plants, they just think, oh, that will look nice. But the, again, gardening is not a one-dimensional kind of place. It, the, the, the gardens can uh, are so much more than just a, a pretty looking place. kind of feel like the look of a garden is always 10-20%, the rest of it is how you enjoy it. I mean, I always say to people, I don't care if you've got weeds in your garden, often when I've been on my allotment, if they're not up to my knees, they're not coming out. I'm just here to enjoy myself and to connect with plants and not necessarily make it always look pretty. But one thing that I would give as a, a bit of advice for anyone who's getting into gardening or anyone that has a garden or a windowsill box is make sure that you have a seat because a garden or your little kind of balcony is not a garden without a seat because how are you ever supposed to sit down and just enjoy if you're just constantly working on it? You need a moment to sit down and go, oh my God, this is beautiful. Do you know what I mean? If that's planted the seed, sorry, of a love of gardening for you, then check out Tom's Instagram for helpful tips and more of his absolutely infectious enthusiasm. Tom came to gardening almost by accident, but next time you'll be out walking with Jack Harries, whose own passion, filmmaking, has been with him his whole life. Join him in London's Victoria Park as he talks about capturing climate change on camera, community activism, and the terrifying prospect of interviewing Barack Obama. Remember, if you haven't already, to give us a follow on your podcast app, tell a friend about the podcast, and check out at Canopy and Styles on Instagram to see footage and photos from our Days Out recording.